you've found the Rock Hesperia and are on your way to building a solid life. We make disciples here. If you, your children, or anyone comes to Jesus, hears his sayings, and does them, your life will become solid. So let's get to it. We make a declaration here, and we believe this thing. It's why we say it. We don't say things that we don't mean around here. Amen? Amen? Amen. Let no idle word, because we're going to be judged by the idleness of our words. Every idle word, we just casually threw that out there. And what if we were to speak in death over ourselves? Oh, I just, I just, I'm always going to be sick. I'm always going to, I'm always going to have a car payment. I'm always going to be in debt. I'm, hello, have you heard these? Yes. We, we don't speak that anymore. Because we're done with defeat. Yeah. Only victory. Okay. Say only victory. only victory. I'm going to see it. In my own life. And my, neighbors. and my neighbors. Hallelujah. Let's say this together. This is my Bible. It is God speaking to me. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I can have what it says I can have. So I open my heart today to hear God speak a word that will change my life forever. Amen. While you have your Bibles in your hands, you can go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 16 while I welcome you. This message will always produce. Three years from now, this message is going to produce. But today is a unique day. This is the answer part two. Easter Boogaloo. Anyone remember Breaking 2? Electric Boogaloo? Who knows that today is not Resurrection Day anymore? That was, see, but Vivian isn't even convinced. But isn't it? Isn't today also Resurrection Day? I mean, every day now is Resurrection Day. Is Jesus dead? No. What is he? Alive. You know, that's right. He is, he is risen indeed. <laughs> Someone said he is risen. I love that. And he's still risen. Risen forever glorified. But look, he came back. Even though last week was technically Resurrection Sunday. You came back for non-resurrection Sunday. Hallelujah. I don't get excited about Christmas and Easter numbers. Those are the keister Christians. They come on Christmas, they come on Easter, and they sit on their keisters. Keister Christians. Because where they at? They don't come back. They're not here. I'm not trying to invest in people who is not going to love the Lord with all their heart and soul and mind and strength and love their neighbor as themselves. We'll tell them the word, but they don't get all the richness. They don't get all the fullness. The Lord Jesus said, whoever has ears to hear, let him hear. You have ears to hear? Amen. We do, because oh, yeah. we're here. <laughs> here to hear. Say here to hear. Here, to hear. There are ears that are not here today. They wanted to hear something else. They wanted to be something else. I got to bring my ears somewhere else. I'm not trying to go where Jesus uh-huh. is going gonna, is gonna to change my life forever. I want to keep my life the same forever because I like it how it is. Thank you very much. Oh, oh, yes, he did. <laughs> See, the people who come on Resurrection Sunday only, they're the people who's like, oh, they heard, they heard the answer, right? Jesus is the answer. And I don't have to do anything because he's going to do it all for me. Wrong. I don't have to deny myself I don't have to take up my cross daily. 
I don't have to offer my life on the altar. I don't have to live as a living sacrifice. I don't have to follow Jesus. I got to go on Easter and hear that Jesus is going to be my answer for everything. And then I get a catharsis. I feel all good because I checked off that little box. I went to church on Easter. I'm right there. This done. I'm good for the year. And maybe get a little booster at Christmas, a little booster shot of Jesus at Christmas. Remember when he was born? Wasn't that cool? All right, bye. But not you. You're here. But I wanted, I want to make the distinction. We have these staff meetings or whatever. It's like, oh, look at those numbers. I was like, I don't care about any of those numbers. Don't talk to me about those numbers. They mean nothing to me. It's people who come back Sunday after. Sunday after that. Sunday after that. People who abide in Jesus' word are his disciples indeed. Brian and I were together yesterday. We spent a whole day just like manning it up. It was awesome. Yeah. We broke bread. Don't tell them. We did. We went to Tommy's. On my fast is a one meal a day. I'm on the one meal a day right now, okay? And so I used it up at Tommy's. All right, but I didn't finish my fries. For Jesus. We were listening to messages going down the hill. Pastor Tristan gave a dynamic daily devotion in this 40 days of preparation. I'm telling you, he's like, it's all about discipleship. And if you abide in my word, you're my disciples indeed. And in the word, it says what a disciple is and what a disciple does and how a disciple lives and what disciples make and replicate. Who knows that there's a way? And in fact... Someone is the way. His name is Jesus. Jesus is the answer. So now all those of us who want to follow Jesus and we have ears to hear, now we can hear what he says to his church. Amen. Amen. I gave you the part one last week. This is number two, the answer part two. All right. right. We got Mark 16 open, starting in verse nine. Now, when Jesus rose early on the first day of the week, he appeared first to Mary Magdalene, from whom he had cast out seven demons. Say, that's a lot of demons. He who's been forgiven much loves much. Or she who's been released from seven demons loves much. She went and told those who had been with him as they mourned and wept. Wait, what? So Jesus is alive, tells Mary about it, shows himself to her. Go tell her, but she goes and tells people who are weeping and crying and they're distraught and distressed. Our Jesus, our Savior, the hope that we thought we thought he was the one. He's gone. He had been telling them, I'm going to rise up the third day. Don't worry about it. But they're all, they don't get it. So they're mourning and weeping. But when they heard that he was alive and had been seen by her, all of a sudden, faith rose in their hearts and they got the perspective and they, and they took the testimony. What does the Bible say? Not just they didn't believe it, they would not believe it. I ain't going to believe this. I will not believe this. It was their will not to believe it. They would not believe crazy. After these things, Jesus appeared in form to two of them as they were walking into the country. And they went back and told the rest. So now three people. So there's one and now there's two people. He's like, I'm going to double it up. Your testimony is established on two witnesses. I'll show myself to two. Let's see if they deny them this time. Surely they'll believe the two. 
And then what? They did not believe them. Again, can you, do you ever think Jesus is like, what do I have to do for you people? But Jesus loves us so much. Thank you, Jesus. Afterward, he appeared to the 11 themselves. So who are the 11? Yeah, it's the 12 minus one, right? <laughs> Judas is out of the picture now. He appeared to the 11 themselves as they were reclining at table. That sounds a little chill to me, but I don't know. Maybe they're just, I don't know, leaning back and crying. I don't know what they were doing, but they were reclining at table. And he rebuked them for their unbelief and hardness of heart. So sometimes I may come across a little heavy. But sometimes, have you ever tried to w- wake up a, a heavy sleeper? I'm like, what is this going to, what do I have to do? You're pushing them. Nothing. You're talking to them. Nothing. You're like, roll them out. Nothing. It is crazy. Pick up a kid. Nothing. I, it's heavy sleepers. But I think sometimes in America, the church is asleep. Jesus is awake. He's alive. He's alert. But the rest of his body is like, it's like man, my legs are asleep. My hands are asleep. Right. You get the, it's all it's like tingly and it's painful. That's what I feel. It's painful. We got to get the blood flowing. We got to get the, the appendages moving because they had not believed those who saw him after he had risen. People got testimonies of Jesus, that Jesus is alive. And who's talking about it? Who's telling people that Jesus is alive and well and at work and Jesus has a plan and there's victories for you? Who's telling people that? It should be us. And you know what? I'm going to take it a step further and I'm just going to go. It doesn't feel like a weird limb to me because I've been setting you up for this for like three and a half years. But this is now us. Because once we were known at building solid lives. Now our mission statement is everyone builds solid lives. Who's everyone? Would you say me, though? We have to get our Christianity set. We have to get it right. Or else we're fooling ourselves. Whoever comes to me, hears my sayings and does them, builds a solid life. Be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. You will be deceived if you keep coming to the word and not doing it. Not embracing it for yourself. And I'm not satisfied you living in defeat spiritually all the time. I want to bring you to victory, glory to glory, as by the Spirit of the Lord. That's what we're talking about today. He said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those who believe. Say, these signs signs will accompany those those who who believe. Believers have signs following. Signs will follow believers. How do you know if you really believe? Signs follow. Signs follow. And then he goes on to say what they are. Cast out demons, speak in new tongues, pick up serpents with their hands, and if they drink any deadly poison, it will not hurt them. They will lay their hands on the sick, and they will recover. The sick will recover. Why? Because believers are going to lay hands on people, and signs are going to follow. This is a guarantee. So then the Lord Jesus, after he had spoken to them, was taken up into heaven and sat down. Where's Jesus right now? He's in heaven. The right hand of the Father. Sitting down. 
he sat down. He said, my work is finished on the cross. He said, it is finished. I did it. He came back, showed himself to a bunch of people. He's risen. And then he gets taken up. He sat down. That should be a picture for us. He sat down. He sat down. Yeah, mic drop. He sat down. And what did they do? They went out and preached everywhere while the Lord worked with them and confirmed the message by accompanying signs. He said, I'm doing just like I said I was going to do because you did what I told you to do. Oh, this is, is this good? Is this stirring anyone's heart already? Do you want to go to Matthew 28? Sure you do. Matthew 28, starting in verse 16 and going to verse 20. Giving you a little extra today. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee. The same 11 that he's, he just talked to. This is another account of this, okay? The 11 disciples went to Galilee to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. That's a good start. They went to where they, he told them to go. And they met daily in the temple and from house to house. That's, I'm talking about the early church. I'm talking about our best, most vivid, most loving and lovely example of the church. This is what we know that God intended his church to be. They met daily in the temple and from house to house. They broke bread together like we did yesterday. Like we do on family days. Like we do when we get together for meals. I had nachos the other night. That was delicious. We have people over. We eat together. But we do that. They met daily in the temple and from house to house. Where are you supposed to be on Sundays? Gathered together with believers. Somehow, this, this is kind of like the temple situation, right? It's not the temple. You understand that. This is the temple. But, you know, in that, there's, there's meant to be a both. We get here and get equipped together here. We have things here that we're not trying to, like, jam this in a house. We do this here. And then everything that happens in your homes is the other component. It's that life together. It's the rest of life together. But nothing says dump the temple. Nothing says dump the house. It's both, isn't it? This is what we've come to. Because a lot of times we get all excited about something. And it's like, oh, wait, but you throw the baby out with the bathwater. We don't do that. We need one another, don't we? It's ri- there's a richness to this. I'm glad that you're here. So they went to the mountain which Jesus had directed them. We've come to the place that Jesus directs us. And when they saw him, they worshipped him. But some doubted. I talked about this about a month ago or whatever. Some, some of who doubted? Some of the 11. Some of his own disciples doubted him. The ones that have been living with him for nearly three years. Some of those guys doubted. What? That's a long time to live with somebody, see their whole lifestyle, and then still doubt that, oh, everything else he said happened, but maybe not this. What Everything else Jesus said happened as he said, but maybe not this. Don't we get stuck there sometimes? We get stuck. We're like, well, not for me, though. Of course, he's going to bless Christy. Of course, he's going to bless Whitney. Of course, he's going to bless Nick, but not me. No, he's going to bless you, too. The same way. He may not use the same method, but he's going to have the same intentionality, the same infinite provision, the same tenderness and care. That's Jesus. He doesn't love one better than another. I like it in the shack. Don't give me grief over liking the shack. I like the shack. God the Father says, I'm particularly fond of this one. 
but he says that about everyone. <laughs> and I love it so much. I'm particularly fond of this one. And he is. It's unique and individual and particular. And he's like, I have the utmost level for this one and this one and this one times the billions of people who have lived. Amen? Amen. All right, where are we? Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth, that's a lot of authority, has been given to me. And so then he turns around and looks at them and says, go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So look, you got to make disciples and a critical component is baptizing them after they believe and as soon as possible after they believe and then continue teaching them all the things that Jesus has commanded. Is that going to take about three and a half minutes? Could we, we accomplish it two hours on a Sunday, right? And then, right? I mean, people were here last week, right? They had the two hours there, and then they're gone. They got it. They don't got it. They don't got it all. We need continual, right? It's like, just eat the one time, right? Chloe's, Chloe, how long has Chloe been eating already? Like six weeks? You've had enough, kid. You're, you're, you're probably good for the rest of your life. That's ridiculous. Isn't that ridiculous? Some might call that abuse. Okay? Just feed the kid one time. We're talking about making disciples continuously be being filled with the Holy Spirit. See, there's no lack of God's will shown in Scripture. Well, we're supposed to be continuing in it. They continued steadfastly. They devoted themselves to the the apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread, Fellowship and prayers. Amen. Amen. And then when Jesus says, you teach them to obey everything I've commanded you, including the one thing that he just said, go make disciples. Right? Is that a command? And it just happened like in the same breath. He's like, and that one too. I commanded it to you. So he says, behold, that's everything I've commanded you. And behold, I'm with you. You go do what I say and I'll be with you. You do what I say, and I'll be with you. Do what I say, and I'll be with you. We like to think, oh, Jesus is never going to leave me, nor forsake me, and I'll just do whatever I want. How about you do whatever he wants, and he'll be with you always to the very end of the age. He guarantees that. I don't see guarantees about you go your own way. Who's that, Fleetwood Mac? You can go your own way, go your own way. Look, Lindsay ain't right. Lindsay Buckingham, I like his music, but that's not the lyric for us. We need to go his way. He said, I am the way. There's only one. There's only one way. Luke chapter 4. We talked about this last week. Jesus, find, he's handed the scroll, finds a place in Isaiah where it's written because he's like, he knows exactly what he wants to say today. And so last week we're talking about the answer, part one, Jesus. We cannot start with anything else but Jesus. That's the foundation. We're going to build our lives on the the solid foundation, the chief cornerstone, the rock, all of that. Jesus, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. We're going to build everything on that and then we'll be solid. So we got the answer, part one. Jesus is the answer. But who knows that Jesus went home and sat down. He went home and sat down, but he gave us his spirit 
He said, it's better that I go because then I won't be the only one anointed. I won't be the only one who the spirit of the Lord is upon. I won't be the only. Can we just read it? Luke 4, verse 18. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind to set at liberty those who are oppressed to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And check this out in verse 20. You're going to love this. And he rolled up the scroll and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Come on. Jesus can't help himself. He's like, I got to sit down. I got to sit down. Nick, I want you to read the part in red. But then don't read it like Jesus is saying it. Read it like Spirit-filled Nick is saying it. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Nick, who believes that Nick is anointed? He's meant to go. Is that true? Leo, do you have this open in your Bible? Can I have it? I want you to read this. Don't read it like Jesus is talking. Read it like the spirit inside of Leo is talking with these words. I'll hold this. You just read. The spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me in to heal the brokenhearted and proclaim the liberty of the captives to recover the sight of the blind to set all liberty of those who are oppressed and proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. You are anointed, Leo. Amen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon you because he's anointed you to do these things. Who's got it? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has appointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captive and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptance year of the Lord. Hallelujah. Marty, you are anointed because the Spirit of the Lord is upon you. He wants you to do these things and not waste the Spirit. Yes. Yes. Don't waste my Spirit. Don't be stingy with my Spirit. Don't just hold it all in. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'll make a bigger Spirit barn. So I fit the Holy Spirit in my bigger spirit barns. All for me. That'd be bad. Don't do it. Give it away, give it away, give it away now. Then he closed the book and gave it back to the attendant and sat down. Let me ask everybody here. Is the spirit of the Lord upon you? Don't just answer. Do you have the Holy Spirit? Okay, when you know, you can answer. Yeah. So the spirit of the Lord is upon you. Check. Because why? Because he has anointed me. So you can be anointed? John, not so you can just be anointed, so you can what? You can do all the things that it says here. So you can preach the good news to the poor. You can heal blind people, give them their sight. Break captives free. Set at liberty those who are oppressed. You can tell people how good life is in the Lord. That's the acceptable year of the Lord. 
I mean, look, what do you think, what do you think Jesus is saying? He's like, you know what? 2026 is going to be awesome. But just, you know, hey, until then, do your best. Every year is the acceptable year of the Lord. He's risen all the time now. What are we waiting for? Do we want? No, I got to collect some more defeats, though, before I get into victory. No way. What person in their right mind would say that? None of us. We're all in our right minds. We're like, give me this my money and I want it now. <laughs> give me the victory now. I want the victory today. Tomorrow's too late. I need it. And Jesus is like, finally, let's get down the road. He says, are you preaching the gospel of the poor? Spirit of the Lord's on you. Anointed you to do it. Are you telling people who are poor in spirit, poor in wallet, poor in relationship, poor in whatever? Are you telling them about the goodness of Jesus? We must and we are now because everyone builds solid lives here. We don't do church the old way. Everyone does it. Are you healing the brokenhearted? He, he knows you can do it with his spirit. And notice that no one ever got sent out, including Jesus, without the spirit. He got baptized, came back up, and then the spirit comes right then. Water, spirit, he's good to go. Spirit immediately leads him, and he's immediately following. That's how we must be. Amen. Are you proclaiming liberty to captives? Are people getting healed around you physically? Recovery of sight to the blind? Are you setting at liberty those who are oppressed? I know some are. Some of us don't feel worthy. Some of us don't feel equipped. Some of us don't feel called. Some of us don't feel like that's what God wants us to do. However, if he gave you a spirit, that's what he wants you to do. Amen? Amen. We cannot disqualify ourselves from any of this because Jesus didn't. He says, not only can you do it, you go do it. <laughs> Amen. Now check this out. John 9 verse 5 says this. Jesus saying it. As long as I'm in the world, I'm the light of the world. So he, he's saying, look, I am the answer. Right? Do we have that slide? Jesus is the answer. Would anyone fight me on that? No one would fight me on that. No one will fight me on that. Jesus is the answer, right? Okay. Because he was in the world. He says, I'm the light of the world. All this darkness around. Who's going to light it up? Well, the light of the world, obviously. Jesus lit it up, didn't he? Yes, he did. Yes, he did. And then <laughs> he told his disciples in Matthew 5.14, check this out. You are the light of the world. So was Jesus trying to retain all the lightness? He's like, I'm the only light. Don't you even think about it. Don't you dare. You're too big for your britches. Who do people think you are? Light of the world. Jesus himself said it. He said, well, I'm in the world. I'm the light. But guess what? Jesus went to heaven and sat down. <laughs> You're the light of the world. I love this from Top Gun, and a lot of people don't know this, but I'm going to say it anyway. Cougar lost it, turning his wings. You guys are number one. I love that. Jesus went home to heaven and sat down. He said, you're the light of the world. Okay. 
Who is prepared among us to be the light of the world? Light of the world, you step down into darkness. Open my eyes, let me see beauty that made this heart adored. Hope of a So here I am to worship, here I am to bow down, here I am to say that you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me, and I'll upon that cross I'll never know how much it cost to see my sin upon that cross so here I am to worship here I am to bow down here I am to say you're my God, you're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to me. You're all together lovely, all together worthy, all together wonderful to You are wonderful to us. You're so wonderful to me that I'll do what you say. You're so wonderful to me that I will incline my ear to your sayings. Here I am to worship. I'm here to bow my life down before you. I'm here to give my all to you. You've called me the light of the world, and so I'm going to call myself the light of the world. This morning we sang a song about that old sinner being made holy. I used to be a sinner, but now I'm not. Who has Jesus as the Lord of their life in here? You are not a sinner any longer. I don't know if anyone's ever told you that because a lot of times they'll be like, I'm just a sinner saved by grace. No, you're not. Well, I'm not, I'm not sinning. I'm not trying to practice sin. I'm not living in that sinful lifestyle. Do I sin sometimes? Yes. Yes, but I'm, that's not my identity. I know who I am. Don't make me do it. Mm. I know who I am. I know who I am. I know who I am. I am yours. I am yours. Come on, I know who I am. I'm yours and you are mine. I'm in you, you're in me, we're all in the Father. Look, oneness, oneness. 
Jesus is the answer. Yes, he is. He said, I'm the light of the world as long as I'm here, but I went to heaven and sat down. You're the answer. You're the light of the world. You are the righteousness of God in Christ. Does anyone believe that you are not a sinner, but you're the righteousness of God in Christ? Amen. That's the truth. That's the truth about you. That's the truth about us. And the spirit of the Lord is upon us because he's anointed us to and not us as just a big old group. We don't do the evangelism brigade over here. It's like, we're going to come up on you. We're going to get you saved. You know, and there's 50 of us be like, where you work, we're going to come there. <laughs> no, it's just we love you and we're going to meet you where you are. And we're going to introduce you to Jesus. We are inviters, but we're not only inviters. We are introducers. The woman at the well, they believed in Jesus because of what she said. She introduced and invited. And then they came and are like, lady, you were right. We already believe, but now we, we double believe because we heard him. And it's like, we still believe. I still believe. That's Miss Saigon. We can't do that in here. But Jesus said, I'm the answer. I'm the light. I'm the way. He said, you're the light. You're the answer. I'm sitting down. What, what am I going to do? If you don't go, my spirit that lives inside you will never get there. You got to go. You have to go. Or else people are not going to see or be healed from their brokenheartedness or be free from oppression or captivity. Everyone will stay bound and sick and dying and broken if you don't go because you're the answer. Because we're one. This is a part two. Easter boogaloo. Jesus is the answer and you're the answer. We're together. He says, go do, go make disciples. Baptize them and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you. I'm with you. I get to go when you go. If you don't go, they don't get. If you don't go, they don't get. See, Easter 2, good companion piece to Easter 1. In Matthew 16, 18, Jesus said, I will build my church. I will. Whose church is it? His. Yeah, I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me ask you this. This is a, a poignant question that came up during when we were watching The Chosen and we just chit-chat about it afterwards. Does anyone want the church to grow? Who knows that there is like the church, everybody who follows Jesus, right? And then there's like campuses, there's congregations. Who wants this congregation to grow? Good, because we're about to. Does anyone want missional churches out wherever they are to grow? Like if Bill starts like a little Bible study or a, a prayer gathering or something at, at the airport, he's got friends over there. What if he starts talking about Jesus at the airport? Should that grow? Yes. Amen. Amen. What about the Holy House Church starting very soon? That should grow. Yes. Be fruitful. What does fruit do? It grows. Doesn't it? It does. It, it grows. <laughs> People are talking to me about pruning the trees and everything. If you, if you cut the bottoms, you know, then the top will grow taller. And, you know, you can do this way and get. Anyway. 
Yeah, be fruitful and multiply. So not only that, but we've had this thing here and then these missional churches are being birthed out of it. People are like, hey, we're the church over here too. We're not neglecting this, but we're also doing that. That's exactly what God is saying. That's exactly what God is saying. I'm not going to limit my Christianity to a Sunday. I'm not going to limit my Christianity to this address. Amen? I'm going to be a Christian wherever I am, and my Christianity dictates, because my Lord told me, I have to go and make disciples. And i got to teach them stuff. You're like, but I'm not a teacher. But you are now. Right? I'm dubbing you teachers. Why? Because Jesus did. Go. Teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And I'm going to be with you. Jesus guarantees, I'm not going to leave you. I'm not going to forsake you. But it's not just doing whatever I want to do. He didn't, he didn't obligate himself to that. Amen? Amen? If I start go practicing sin, he's like, ah, look, I'm not participating in that. He's like, I'll be over here. When you decide to turn around and repent and come, I'll be here. I'm right here. I'm, I'm, I'm close enough for you to reach out to me again. But oof, don't risk it. Don't, don't leave it too long. I mean, if we don't capture this idea, we're going to be self-deceived. And that's kind of the worst deception, isn't it? It's like, it's not that someone just duped me and it's like they had a really good story. It's like, I did it to myself. I feel dumbest when I do it to myself. Because like, I know all of my motives. I know all of my skills. I know all of my whatever. And it's like, I still blew it. So I wonder how long I've been a Christian. And I wonder how many people that I've reached. I wonder how many people I've gotten saved. Don't raise your hands on this. Count up how many years-ish that you've been a believer. You've considered yourself a follower of Christ. I'm, I'm in. Totally going to heaven. All this time that you've, been, you've had access and you've had the commission, you've, you've had the command, you've known to, to, someone told you sometime, go make disciples. You've known this all this time. And do you have at least one new believer that you've led to the Lord for every year that you've been a Christian? Just think about it. Don't even tell me because I know what the answer is. I'm just not trying to embarrass us, right? Because would it be embarrassing? It could be embarrassing. Yeah, I've been a Christian for 35, 37 years. How am I doing, right? Some of us, the number may be higher or lower, but even if your number is one, have you gotten one? I mean, I talk about the original Tommies, and I take people there. Like, I've gotten disciples, Tommies' disciples. They followed me. Follow me as I follow Tommies. It's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But we disciple all the time. Are we discipling to Jesus? Because that's, that's our job. That's, that's the one thing. And Jesus can't go if you don't go. So we want the church to grow. We want this congregation to grow. How is it going to grow? All right, we're going to walk by faith. And we declare some things out of our mouths today that we want every gathering to grow. We're supposed to gather more as we see the day of the Lord's return approaching, aren't we? More and more. So in seven years, it's not even filled up yet. We could do better, don't you think? 
Am I trying to just get a bunch more people to hear me talk? Nope. I want to get a bunch more people introduced to Jesus and then invited to be equipped to do this thing wherever they are because they know people that you don't know. Or you know the same people that aren't going to listen to you, (laughs) but they will listen to them. They will hear them. Amen? That's the whole point. Jesus went to heaven and sat down, but he gave you his spirit so you can get up and go out and make disciples. Is that good? This is the Lord's plan. There's the answer one and the answer two, and they're meant to go together as one. Mark 1, 17. Jesus said to them, the disciples, the people who who thought they were with him, he said, follow me and I will make you become fishers of men. I will make you become fishers of men. I think that's good news, even in the way it's stated. I will make you become Fishers of men. You don't have to like know how, what you're doing yet. Isn't that good news? Thank God, because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> so he's like, I'll make you become fishers of men. Just give me some time. Stick with me. Follow me. He didn't say, just come on Easter service, and then you'll be like a professional fisherman. And you'll have the professional fisherman's income. He said, follow me. So Jesus went all over the place. He went to his hometown, we saw. Went back to Galilee, went back to Nazareth. He was all over the place. But he went home and he started preaching right around there. Isn't that true? Where do you think he wants us to go and preach? Come on. People who can, they can get to your house. They can get to this campus. They can get to coffee, wherever you like to get your coffee. And we can just open the Bible and learn and discover together and grow together. Isn't that beautiful? These are the kind of things that I'm talking about. This is what we're called to, but we can miss it if we only ever embrace the Easter message. Jesus, he gonna do everything for me. And I don't have to do nothing. I just made that up. We shouldn't sing that song. That's a bad song. That's a bad song. And the thing is here, <laughs> I'm going to say it, that's like the devil's song. The devil made Christians say that. Sing that song. No, listen, baby, Jesus loves you. He's going to do whatever. He's the answer, remember? Remember Pastor said? He's the answer. The devil will tell you things like this. Why? Because it's like this sweet lullaby. You're like, I like this song. I love this song. I'm going to recline a table. <sighs> And then all of a sudden, we're like lulled to sleep once again because we want to in our flesh. We want to be lulled to sleep. We want to sleep. Sluggards. <laughs> little folding of the hands to rest, right? Like a door turns on its hinges. Oh, this is the Bible. We have to confront our flesh. It's like, I ain't trying to be about making disciples. I'm trying to be about going to the lake. I'm trying to be about doing something else on Sunday. I'm trying to be about my own stuff. I invited someone over the other day, and uh, my mom was like, ooh, you know what, though? Kitchen could be cleaner. <laughs> I'm like, I know. Everything could be cleaner. <laughs> These kids. No, it's kids. It's mommy, too. Um, <laughs> no, nah, I'm messing. I'm messing. Um, but, I mean, I, I swept. You know, but it's like there's still dishes and everything. I said, but sometimes we're just going to get comfortable enough with enough untidiness to be like, look, you get it. 
but I'm not going to withhold Jesus just because I got a messy kitchen or because I have laundry to fold. Why don't I fold laundry while I'm catching up with you and ministering to you? Right? I mean, I think that's where we have to get because who's busy here? You are busy. And you don't even feel like you have time to like do anything else. If that's the case, then Lord's like, we'll cut something out. Whatever you have to do to do my will, do that. He said, we'll work on your will later. Let's work on my will first. How about seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then all these things are added to you. Amen? Amen. Yeah, but I'm going to add all these things to myself. He's like, good luck. Lord, Lord, didn't I get around to casting out demons? Didn't I get around to laying hands on the sick and, and I, I got some things done in your name? Yeah, but I never knew you. Depart from me. This should make us real uncomfortable with our, any complacency in our lives, right? We got to like start amping up this thing and get putting feet to it because Jesus is the answer, but he can't get to anyone if we don't go. If you don't go. See, it's always we. I'm always talking, I'm preaching to myself as well, okay? But I have to say you or else you'll think, oh, someone else will do it. And then we will get the credit because I go to this church. You're not going to get the credit just as Jane can't get into heaven because I believe in Jesus. Some point, the Lord's going to hold her accountable and say, yeah, but did you choose me? Because you knew. And so now, it's one way or the other. And again, there's only two choices. There's only two options. And you choose here. You can't choose there. It's too late. Jesus said to them, follow me, and I will make you become fishers of men. Who fishes around here? Brian? Kelsey? Nice. Jesus is interested in people becoming fishers of men. Tell me about fishing. When you go catch a fish, what do you do with it? I put it back. Oh, look, look, he's so tenderhearted. He's like, I just can't do it to you. I'm not going to rob you of your life. I'm going to throw you back. Unless we're in the ocean. Then. Unless the ocean, and then, and then that's good fish? That's good fish. And then what do you do with the good fish? Oh, we eat it. <laughs> you eat the good fish. Yeah. You throw the other ones back. Oh, hold on, Brian. Hold on. You do what? Oh, we wash it. We wash it and we clean it. That's right. You wash it and clean it. Amen. Why? Why would you wash and clean a fish? You don't want a dirty fish. You don't want a dirty fish. <laughs> Jesus ain't trying to get a bunch of dirty fish. He said, clean them up. He said, but do you catch clean fish or do you catch dirty fish? Let's just, let's just work this out logically. Do you catch clean fish or catch dirty fish? They're dirty. They're dirty. So when you get to them, they're di- that is good. So you caught some dirty fish. They're meant to produce something. Like professional fishermen, they're going to sell them. They're going to clean them and sell them. And they're going to get provision for their household. People who need to eat are going to clean them and then eat them. It's going to produce. It's going to work. It's going to be right. That's what Jesus is talking about. I'm sending you to fish for people. And guess who you're going to catch? Dirty people. Is that okay with you? Lord, but I'd rather catch the clean ones. Throw that one back. It's dirty. Aaron and Andrew ain't having it. Throw it back. I couldn't, I couldn't possibly. You catch the dirty ones. 
And then what are you supposed to do as a disciple of Jesus? He tells us what to do. Clean them up. How do you clean them up? You wash them with the water of the word. That's teaching them to obey everything that Jesus has commanded them. See, the scripture all goes together. It's all saying the same thing. It's all painting one picture. It's all painting one picture. Can I borrow your beautiful baby? This is Chloe. She's a darling. We love her. Yes. Come on, everybody. We love, I love her. Yes. I've held this baby in my arms. This beautiful baby. Look at this beautiful baby. Do you see this baby? The Lord said, be fruitful and multiply. <laughs> he did. And we, we have been too. Yeah, we're on the same page. Boy, I got this baby. Imagine we birth. Some, we catch a fish, we catch a man, we catch a person, and, and we got them saved. Hallelujah. We're winning. That's great. Soul winning. He who wins souls is wise. I got, I got this precious gift of God. Amazing. Right? And I got her, I birthed her into the kingdom. She's a, a new spirit. Praise God. That's good news, right? And it's like, oh, I... <laughs> Bless you, baby. There you go. It was Easter after all. We got one saved. Because Jesus is alive and he's the answer. Isn't he the answer? Praise the Lord. All right. Here you go, baby. Okay, bye. Okay, now I have other things to do. Don't worry about it. I, I birthed this all into the kingdom. She's saved. It's fine. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Jesus said, follow me and I'll make you become fishers of men. And immediately they left their nets and followed him. The disciples left their nets and followed. He said, follow me. They did. They dropped everything, followed him. And then Jesus never said another word to them. Never spoke to him again. No, they're following already. I don't have to worry about you. I don't have to tell you anything. I'll have a dialogue, a discourse with you. We don't have to converse. You're fine. Because you're following Jesus. Some people are not comfortable with this right now. <laughs> for a bunch of reasons. Go get that baby. Pastor Jeff, you just told me that you love this baby. That you held this baby and it was so wonderful and you love so much. What are you doing leaving this baby over here all alone? Are you panicking right now? I prepared them. <laughs> See, I, Pastor Jennifer is about to go get her. She didn't want to ruin my illustration, but she's like, someone must go. You know what? There's a lot of people been birthing babies and just leaving them over there thinking they're fine. They got Jesus. They're, they're following-ish. I mean, as she's following Jesus as best she can right now. She's following Jesus 100% for her capacity right now. And so many people that you know and you say you love are following Jesus the best they can. And it may be like, this much. Do they need to grow? Do they need to be cleaned? Or do we just catch them and leave them in the boat? What happens if you leave a fish in a boat? Yeah, it spoils. It starts to stink. I bet if I let that baby long enough, she'd start to... All right. Instead, how about we embrace this baby love this baby this new creation in the lord and we do what he, what god said make a disciple teach baptize her teach her 
to obey everything that I've commanded you. If she's going to be a spirit-filled believer, if she's going to be a follower of Christ, if she's going to have all of the things that God wants us to have, we need to do something better than abandon and ignore her. Amen? You got her? Two hands. Two hands. Kish, this is precious. Amen. She's precious. Don't, don't you leave that baby somewhere. Is the point clear? Too many Christians have left too many Christians alone to die. Yeah, but they're Christians. They're following Jesus. They said the prayer. Yeah, but what about the Great Commission where Jesus told us multiple times, you go. The reason I gave you my spirit is so that you can go empowered. I'm not making you go alone. I'm going to be with you in spirit. I'm going to, I'm going to, I went away. I'm in heaven. I sat down. I gave you my spirit for this reason. Look, this is not a fishing trip. This is not busy work from the Lord. This is not hangout lake time. This is not just converts. Jesus didn't say, go make converts. What did he say? Go make disciples. That's right, Olive. Good job. Eight years old. She knows it. Go make converts. Go birth a baby and then just leave it. No. I know. You're still uncomfortable, right? But we have to fix this. Today is the day we fix it. Amen? Today is the day we fix it. These, we have to make disciples. This is life now for us. This is our life. Anyone who follows Jesus, you may say, loves Jesus, obeys Jesus. He said, if you love me, you'll obey. Will fish for and catch people. In other words, they'll preach the gospel, they'll make converts, and then we're instructed to clean them, make disciples. And that's all the rest. And, and they met daily in the temple and from house to house. So look, look at this baby Chloe in the temple, right? In the, in the congregation, the, the, the big assembly, right? But then she's also in our house on Mondays and a couple other days. This week has been great. We've been loving on this baby. Praise the Lord. Jesus is calling us to become the church that he desires us to be. Desires, requires, take your pick. Whatever one will make you do it. That's what Jesus is saying. I'm about to show, remember the word that I got from the Lord? I'm about to show the world what I meant through you. I'm about to show the world how much of an answer I am through you. Can't do without you. Whenever, whoever, wherever, just intentionally be about Jesus. Because you don't need this study necessarily to do it. You, you need this study to do it. You open up the Word of God and it's living and it's powerful and it's sharper than any two-edged sword. It'll cut the cancers out of people's lives, out of their thinking, out of their theology. You're like, oh my gosh, look at that. The Holy Spirit is real and He's still working. Some people grow up not thinking that the Holy Spirit has any job whatsoever, yet the Spirit of the Lord is on me because He's anointed me to preach and heal and deliver and proclaim and all of that. Hallelujah. We're going to go in the fullness of the Spirit, making disciples, teaching them to obey Jesus. For now, in two weeks coming, we're going to start a new Bible study called Jesus Church. We need to be doing this. See, daily in the temple and from house to house or from job to job or from school to school 
or you see what I'm saying? Or from coffee shop to coffee shop, <laughs> depending on how addicted you are. All right. <laughs> I just got to go. Anyway, the word of the Lord can be opened anywhere and it's effective. Amen. We need to do it. We need to do it. And we've never done this, but Jesus Church, the Lord is moving us in this direction. This is, this is the, the prophetic vision of the Lord. We're going to catch on to it. So Jesus is the answer to the problems people are facing today. Like we said last week, he is the answer. I'm not taking anything away from Jesus, right? No one feels like I've done Jesus dirty today, right? But remember, Jesus went to heaven and sat down. He hasn't come back yet, right? He's still up there in body, in heaven. But he's on earth in, in spirit inside us. That's right. Good answers. That's right. His spirit lives within each born-again disciple of Jesus. And disciple can, I want, every time you hear the word disciple, I want you to hear disciple maker. Okay? Because it includes that in the title. Like dad. Obviously that means I'm a parent, but I'm also a man. I'm a dad. But I don't have to say I'm a man. I'm a dad. Disciple, you should hear disciple maker. Not just you doing it, and I'm cool, but you making others. It's included in there. All right. So in order for Jesus to continue accomplishing his mission for all of mankind now, he requires us to get busy doing what he commanded. Are we all on the same page? So you all go out and preach the good news to everyone you can. Deal? That's good. Thank you. Don't abandon the babies there. Okay? Make true disciples out of them. And the people who have been in, in the church and the faith and the scriptures for a long time, you can capture those people too and clean them up and teach them more and fellowship more and have a little instance of church together. And maybe, you know, a song comes on and you sing it. Maybe you pray and thank God for things. Maybe you open the Bible and say, check this out. What is it? Or what's God speaking to you? You intentionally get about Jesus. Teach them whatever you know about Jesus, growing together in the Word. Let me ask you this. What do you give all of your heart and soul and sweat for? You have endeavors in your life that's like, this costs, I'm working at this. I'm getting this. Of course, there are seasons. You know, people are moving, packing up boxes. That's a, that's a season. That's not your lifestyle. What's your lifestyle? It's like, I'm always doing this. Maybe it's a, a gardening project. It's like, I'm just, I got a green thumb. I always do gardening. And sometimes I don't get to Bible reading. I never talk to anyone about Jesus. Picture that kind of thing because we all have something probably that we need to spend less time on so we can spend more time about what Jesus set us to. Amen? Amen. But I really consider it. Is it you stuff or Jesus stuff? That's the long and short of it. We need more Jesus stuff. Gather people into your group and discover Jesus Church. Gather people into a small group. Remember Jesus sat the people down in groups? He said, gather them into groups. There's thousands of people around here. Gather them into groups. And then we'll feed them. We'll get them taken care of. We'll get them everything that they need. Amen. Father, would you help us to do it? We don't want to be hearers only. We want to be doers of your word. Lord, would you help us? Help us to become those people who are not just satisfied sitting by and doing nothing, but Lord, we're about your business. Just like Jesus, whose spirit lives inside us and the spirit anointing us to accomplish, to preach and to deliver and to heal and to set free. Lord, we want that. 
Help us do it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name.